From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, March 14th. The Seven County Infrastructure Coalition is stopping their environmental planning process for a controversial highway through the Book Cliffs. Public groups have floated the idea of a direct route from Vernal to Moab through miles of undesignated wilderness for the last 30 years. It was originally pitched as a way to transport fossil fuel in the area. The latest iteration was a tourism corridor, providing a somewhat straight shot from Yellowstone to parks in southern Utah. Mike McKee is the executive director of the Seven County Infrastructure Coalition. He told KUER that he was disappointed by the 4-3 to three vote by coalition members to back off from planning. Although the board chose not to move forward at this point, McKee said, quote, What I've learned about this project is never say never, because it's been off and on through the years. Some coalition members who voted to stop the highway said during the meeting they would rather focus on the Uinta Basin Railway, which is another controversial project. That railway is meant to connect oil producers in eastern Utah to wider markets. The feeling amongst those who have fought against a highway through the book cliffs is that it's not completely dead. An organizer with the Rural Utah Project told KUER that they are treating this as a victory, but also an opportunity to set up some permanent protections for the book cliffs region. Utah is taking new action to reduce the death of wildlife due to roads and highways. Mary Sherman, with our partners at the Public News Service, reports. Congress allocated $350 million in the bipartisan infrastructure package to fund projects across the country. States must provide 20 percent of the funds for projects, and Utah has approved $1 million to be set aside to address one of the most dangerous spots for wildlife in the state. Bill Christensen with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation explains funding will be used for fences, underpasses, and other measures near I-80 and I-84 to allow for safe wildlife migration. The estimates are that as many deer and elk are killed on the highways as on legal hunts during the year. So this is a major problem, and that doesn't include the damage to life and property that can happen for people when they hit animals on the highway. According to the Utah Wildlife Migration Initiative, Crossing structures and fences reduce wildlife vehicle collisions by 90 percent. Roughly 60 wildlife crossings are already installed statewide. The Utah legislature also approved House Bill 427, which requires the Department of Transportation to report annually on wildlife mitigation measures. Representative Doug Owens sponsored the bill. They're already gathering that data that relates to that. So this bill is basically an invitation to involve the public. They report on it publicly, and then that that provides an avenue for the public to get involved in understanding what the agency is thinking and doing, and we'll give them an avenue to comment back. Owens adds the bill and the infrastructure funding are important building blocks for future wildlife mitigation projects. I mean, we've got more people in Utah, more roads, more miles being driven, more fragmentation of wildlife habitat. So we just need to be making this more front and center issue if we're going to maintain Utah's beautiful natural place that it is. The Parley Summit Wildlife Bridge, which was completed in 2018, had more than 700 recorded wildlife crossings last year alone. I'm Mary Sherman. This report is from our partners at the Public News Service. Rex and Joanne Kaufman have been ranching in Carbondale, Colorado for over 60 years. 
The couple worked their dairy and beef cattle, raised their kids on the land, and eventually leased to other local ranchers. They are now both in their 90s and recently sold their 141-acre homestead to the Aspen Valley Land Trust. That trust plans to keep some ranching and farming on the land and conserve it for outdoor education, public trail use, and wildlife habitat. Aspen Public Radio's Eleanor Bennett visited the Kaufmans at their historic ranch and sent this audio postcard. My name is Joanne Kaufman, but everybody calls me Joe. I'm Rex Kaufman, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Tell them how we met. I would say the love of the land and the open space. (laughs) Well, I went to the University of Nebraska. I met my Joe, my wife, there. She was walking down the street. I had my horse and I said, would you like a ride? And uh, she said, yes, okay. Stepped in that stirrup come up on that saddle just like she was born on a horse. (laughs) Well, I was born on a farm in Nebraska. So I said, something might become out of this, which it did. So uh, it all worked out. Well, we had children who were school age, and we were interested in getting a place where they would have good education. And Carbondale seemed to stand out at that time. And it's proven to be a good idea that we moved here. Uh, The house was built in 1948, but of course we've lived here 62 years, so we have tried to make it as homey as possible. We have this picture up here on the wall. Well, the photo was given to us by a neighbor when we moved here. Since it was a picture of our ranch, they thought we should have it. But it shows there's a potato cell up there because they raised potatoes at the time. We had cattle and also dairy cattle that were already on the ranch. So we milked cows for 13 years, I think, and the milk went to Grand Junction. So that was a paycheck twice a month, which was helpful in those days. You just got up early every day and did your job and went to bed at night and slept good and kept on going. The day starts at daylight and uh, ends at dark on a lot of, you know, ranches. There's always something to do and it's hard work. But to uh, sit back after a day's work and admire what you've done and happy about it. How many cows, cattle? Just enough to eat all the hay. You don't get numbers from a rancher, how many cattle he owns, I can tell you that. (laughs) Well, I would say it was a smaller operation. Yeah, ranching wasn't a big money maker. Got a lot of expenses. So we're fortunate that uh, we've got by, and of course, Joe's teaching you know, helps also. The kids, they all worked hard, and they knew the reason why they had to work hard, you know, to make a living here. That's the old barn to our left, and an old grain bin, and another garage. Of course, there's the pickup and the horse trailer. There's lots of green meadows to look out at, and 
and you can look down and see the trees next to the to the river. And these trees out here now that are 50 foot tall was only about 10 foot tall. Everything's growing considerably. I think something's coming out right there, maybe. I used to do out in front the whole the whole front yard of a big garden. But I hope to do my flowers as long as I am able. We're blessed that uh, we're both still going on our feet. Pretty happy about that. We have good children. They help us a lot. They all grew up here. I think I must have done a fairly good job as being a mom. <laughs> we didn't push it to take over the ranch, you know. And they had their careers to take care of, and they were happy of what they was doing. It's a hard way of making a living is the reason we didn't push it. Well, when I look out there, I, I, I think there's a lot of work yet to do. <laughs> and uh, we did a lot of things, you know, played a lot, fished a lot, had a lot of visitors family and a lot of our friends loved to come here to the ranch. We didn't want to sell to anyone, any developers. We did not want to spoil the green, green meadows. I think we'll go to our last days happy that it's going to stay in agriculture. That was Rex and Joanne Kaufman sharing what it was like to ranch in Colorado's Roaring Fork Valley for over six decades. They recently sold their 141-acre homestead to the Aspen Valley Land Trust. The Kaufmans will continue to live out their days on the homestead for as long as they'd like. That audio postcard was produced by Eleanor Bennett with our partners at Aspen Public Radio. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, March 14th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.